Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. My name is John Moorhead. I'm the custodian of the Evangelical Chapter of the Foundation for Religious Diplomacy. I'm also a part of a team called Multi-Faith Matters, a collaborative inquiry team funded by the uh, Louisville Institute. We are pursuing a three-year grant that is doing case studies on churches that are engaged in positive forms of multi-faith engagement in their community. And in this interview, we get to hear the story of, uh, of the pastor of, let's see here, the name of the church is First Covenant Church, but uh, as of August 23rd, 2015, it's going to be known as uh, River City Church. And uh, we have Pastor Mark Shetler. Uh, pastor Mark, welcome to the interview. Thank you. Pastor, would you uh, just uh, share your story? How did First Covenant Church get involved in multi-faith engage- engagement, and what kind of engagement are you doing? Okay, well, um, you know, we've always had an interest here in uh, missions in our church and reaching uh, people's cross culturally, but it was always kind of something that it was more about, um, you know, sending a missionary overseas or something like that, and uh, or sending a group overseas. We really started dealing with the fact that Sacramento is a very diverse community and that there were lots of immigrants that were coming into the Sacramento area. Um, And in 2008, our missions pastor at that time uh, decided to step down from his position here as he and his wife were preparing to actually move uh, to another part of the world to engage with Muslims. And when he did that, uh, we started an internship program that he wanted to be a part of uh, called Global Pipeline. And it was a way for us to study together what Muslims believed and, um, and trying to figure out ways to engage in spiritual conversation with them. And as we did that, part of that internship program was a, a practicum where let's go visit a mosque, let's uh, go where Muslims uh, are, are gathering at a um, a restaurant or a coffee shop or something like that was owned by, owned by Muslims. And just begin to actually build friendships, actually meet some Muslims and actually have a conversation with them. So we started to do that. Um, I, uh, that was really my first experience personally in being able to have uh, conversations with, with Muslims of, of any length of, of time. And it wasn't long after that, that, uh, World Relief and a resettlement agency that works here in the Sacramento area contacted me about would we be interested in hosting uh, any refugee family that was coming in. And I took the opportunity that time to say, well, you know, we would be interested in doing that, but I would be most interested in taking uh, a Muslim family simply because that was kind of the area of uh, experience I was having at that particular time and wanted to know more about, about um, 
um, the Muslim uh, community that was moving here into Sacramento. So we hosted that first family in 2009, had no idea what we were doing, had no um, very little um, concept of what uh, Muslims uh, who were moving into Sacramento really believed or what their experiences had been like in their homeland. Uh, the family that we adopted was um, a family of four, a husband and wife and two, do- two young daughters. Uh, they had escaped from Iraq, and uh, as we met them that first week, we had opportunities to take them to Social Security office and and uh, the the clinic and uh, Public and Human Assistance Department and things like that. We just got into lots of conversations, found out that they had some wild stories about what they had experienced in Iraq. Uh, they were very very grateful being able to come to the United States. And uh, we just were able to, to share an awful lot in this first couple of weeks. And we absolutely, my wife and I, uh, fell in love with this family. We're still very good friends today. And that kind of began something for us as a church. As I shared my experiences, uh, others said, well, maybe I could help with incoming uh, refugees as well. And so uh, we started... Uh, as a church started sponsoring other families we sponsored, I think to date about uh, somewhere a little over a hundred people that we've helped uh, resettle. But in addition to that is they've gotten to know people in their community uh, settling here in Sacramento. They've introduced us to many other immigrants as well, many others that are here in refugee status. And so we've, um, probably had contact with, you know, a few hundred uh, of the refugees in some significant fashion. And then as we've grown in our relationship with these individuals, we're realizing that some of the things that they really need are things like uh, ESL classes and need help uh, creating a resume, looking for jobs. Uh, children need just a, a positive environment. Um, and more than anything, they just need relationships with with other Americans, with uh, people who understand the culture, and and so we we started doing a bridges program on uh, Sunday afternoons now, where we generally have about probably average around 60, 60 to seventy of our refugee friends come, and we do some food together, and then we offer the ESL classes and the job. Uh, search assistance and um, other things that we've come in contact with. They've needed uh, some legal help in terms of, like, how do we handle when our landlord is accusing us of bringing bed bugs into the complex? And um, what do we do when we got a speeding ticket, but we don't understand why we got the speeding ticket? We thought we were driving the appropriate speed. All those kinds of questions and how do I – how do I deal with a, a problem with my child at school? The teacher doesn't seem to uh, want to work with them, and they don't understand they don't speak English well, and you know all of those kinds of things. So we've uh, ended up not really being social workers and yet trying to do a lot of things like a social worker <laughs> would do. And uh, uh, often, again, we, we don't know what we're doing. We're, we immediately are trying to find experts in the field, uh, individuals uh, in our area that would be open to helping these, these refugees. And so we 
do that on a regular basis. We've uh, gotten about, I think, 20 of them now. We've helped get into driving school, and the church has underwritten a, a good portion of their driving school, especially for women. It's very hard for them. Uh, the, the husbands usually don't want to teach them to drive. Uh, and for the women who are like, I need to learn how to drive here in America because everybody needs to drive everywhere and just even to get to the schools and things like that. So we've helped uh, a lot uh, with their, their driving training as well. And in the midst of all of this, we've, we've just developed incredible deep relationships. Uh, we've got probably about 50 volunteers uh, that work regularly with uh, the refugee community here and uh, very thankful for uh, their assistance and their um, many hours that they put in volunteering. And then kind of alongside of all of that, we also were um, had, the, had the privilege of being able to get to know uh, some of the Islamic leaders here locally uh, in the Sacramento area. Uh, a lot of that because we would uh, visit mosques and because we uh, knew, again, some of the refugee community and they knew some of the uh, Islamic leaders. And so uh, we got an idea a few years ago, it would be four years ago now, I guess, we came up with the idea, what would happen if our church sponsored an iftar meal during Ramadan uh, for the Islamic community? And so we approached the leaders of uh, Salam Islamic Center and offered this as a suggestion. They graciously um, and somewhat surprisingly uh, accepted the, the offer. I mean, surprisingly in terms of uh, they were kind of astounded that a church would want to do this, that a Christian church would want to do this. Uh, the news media had gotten a hold of the story uh, the day before our first Iftar meal um, four years ago, and we had planned, they, the, the uh, Salam Center had instructed us probably to be ready for about 350 people. We planned for about 450 just to be safe, and when the news media got hold of it, there were about 600 people that showed up that night, and uh, it, was, it was a very, a uh, little bit chaotic at times, but it was a whole lot of fun when I felt like we were experiencing our own version of Jesus' miracle feeding the 5,000. Every time it seemed like we had run out of food, I'd go back into the kitchen and the volunteers said, there's no more food, Mark, there's no more food. And I'd look into one more ice chest or in a, another refrigerator or or on the shelf, and I go, well, what about this? And where did that come from? And so the food seemed to multiply, and we had just enough to feed all 600 people. During that evening, we just had uh, great conversations. It was the first time many of the people from our church had ever gone to a mosque uh, or had ever even really engaged in meaningful conversations with uh, Muslims. And a lot of phone numbers were exchanged and emails, and uh, people were uh, befriending each other on Facebook. And so it was um, uh, just the beginning of, of something wonderful. We're just preparing now to... Uh, serve our fourth iftar meal for the fourth year in a row uh, with uh, the good people of Salam. And it's just been a, a great way for us to begin to see walls torn down, um, people actually engaging in conversation, realizing that we have an awful lot in common. Uh, you know, we're all human beings with families and a lot of similar concerns, and 
we're both devout in our faith. And as I have told people who uh, sometimes question whether or not we're really doing the right thing by if we're watering down the gospel or if we're we're compromising our faith in any way by engaging in these kind of activities or these kinds of conversations. Uh, my feeling is is that we would be compromising our faith if we were not um, sharing the love of Christ with our neighbors. Uh, as I read the, the Gospels, Jesus always calls us to, to care for those that are in our midst and uh, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so engaging in these conversations uh, really is a way for me and for others in our church to live out our faith. Um, I don't have to uh, water down what I believe at all. I can be very honest. They know uh, that if they ask me to pray, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, They know if they ask me to share anything that I'm going to quote something um, from the Injil, from the New Testament, um, and they're very respectful of that, just as uh, they are very respectful of me. Um, and um, been very fun, too, that uh, in response to that, the uh, Salam Islamic Center has reached out to us, as they have on several occasions uh, come to do things for us or served us in some way. Uh, two years ago at Easter, they decided in response to the iftar meals that we had done during their holy month of Ramadan, they knew Easter was coming up, a holy time for Christians. And so they prepared 300 gift bags for uh, children that would be in our children's programs over Easter weekend and uh, delivered them here as a group uh, to our church. And we had some of our children's leaders and some other church leaders here to receive those. And we had a a great time just sharing some snacks together, touring the building, and and praying together. Uh, It was a a very sweet, holy time, I felt like, and was very thankful for that. Uh, They've also offered to have some of our leaders come over to to the mosque to uh, tour the mosque, uh, to join them in prayer, and to uh, offer us meals. And we just had a a great dinner the other night. uh, if you know anything about Arabic people, they uh, really excel in hospitality. And so when they when they invite us to dinner, I'm always looking forward to it because the, the meals are always excellent and the fellowship is, is always great. So we, we continue to uh, try to find new ways to engage uh, with them. Uh, there are times that we feel like together as Muslims and as Christians that we can uh, stand uh, immunity against some of the uh, atrocities that happen in our world, and uh, we often are sharing prayer requests um, for one another as there are uh, tragedies happening either in our own nation or in other parts of the world. And I can honestly say that I have um, some of my my dear friends now really truly are Muslims. And again, we we may not agree at, at all on, on some points of theology, and yet we do find uh, that um, for some reason God has allowed us to have these relationships, and I find them to be uh, a real source of joy in my life and feel like it's a way that I am uh, trying to express the love of Christ uh, to my neighbors. Well, that, that is a, a marvelous story. Uh, I, you've already touched on this 
a bit, but just for listeners, I just want to make sure they catch the point. At a time when a LifeWay survey from not too long ago noted that I think it was uh, 53% of evangelical pastors had a negative view of Islam and believed that the Islamic State terrorist group in Iraq represents the true expression of Islam, why have you and the people of First Covenant felt called to do a different way in engaging the Muslim people in your community? Well, I think, uh, you know, the viewpoints uh, of so many in our country and actually, frankly, of so many evangelical Christians is really spurred by what people experience in the media, what they hear, what they read, uh, what they see on TV. And the reality is is that uh, when you actually engage people face-to-face in conversation and you visit them in their homes and they visit you in, in, their, in your home, uh, sharing meals together, you begin to learn that there's uh, a real different side to the story. Most of the, uh, the refugees that are coming here are here because they assisted U.S. forces in some way uh, or the United Nations, and they are very uh, concerned, scared for their own people in their own country. They don't like the things that, that are happening. Um, and so uh, just having conversations with them, finding out what their story is, you realize, wow, they're, they're really desiring peace. Uh, they don't like a lot of the militant actions of, of uh, others who, who call themselves Muslim uh, in their own homeland. Just this past week, uh, one of our refugee families, we learned that uh, the woman's brother, cousin, and nephew all got killed by, by ISIS in Iraq. And uh, they're just, you know, heartbroken over that. And they are heartbroken that, that their, their country, speaking both of, of Iraq and in Afghanistan, uh, that they are, are heartbroken over what is happening in their, in their homeland. They don't believe that that is the, the way of Islam at all. Uh, again, I'm not saying that I agree with, with everything that is in the Quran by any means, but I also see that the vast majority of Muslims uh, really are peace-loving and they really are seeking um, a better life for for their families. Uh, They are coming here to the United States with a a great admiration for uh, the United States. And as they're learning our culture and learning to to integrate into our culture, uh, I believe that that the vast majority of them are going to be excellent citizens and are going to have some very positive things to contribute to our society. So as a church, we just, we, we know that there's lots of issues and you can't, you know, um, say that everybody is like this or everybody is like that, but it is important that we actually sit down and have conversation, get to know people, and as you get to know them, you begin to understand uh, what their own personal experience is and what their uh, desires and dreams, goals are together. Well, again, Pastor uh, Mark Schettler, thank you and First Covenant for the work that you are doing and uh, for sharing your story of the church and uh, participating in the case study. Great. We appreciate it very much.